0: Um, In fact, that would be quite a a good life to lead, I reckon. Sitting on a beach, uh, kind of a bit hot. What I'd really need is someone to come up at this point and say, would you like a nice cold drink? And then then my life would be content, would be complete. That would would be a kind of good thing. And if I was thinking of what heaven might be like... um, Maybe not the sea, maybe yours, your, your heavenly place is beautiful mountains, but somewhere where I'm relaxing and I'm enjoying myself like that. Um, I'm going to read, uh, doesn't matter if you can't see that too much, it's only some silly picture of what Eden uh, might have looked like. What I wanted to point out is that, actually, Adam's just sitting on his bottom, and I think that's what most of us think Eden's like, that if you were in Eden, that's what you'd be doing. I'm just going to read you this bit from Genesis 2, Um, and this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. When the Lord made the earth and the heavens, and no shrub of the field had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord had not sent rain on the earth... And there was no man to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden. And there he put the man he had formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Now this is, this is like, this is like uh, I don't want to get caught up in terminology, but this is like our basic purpose here. Um, God made man and put him in the garden to work it and to take care of it, to work it, and to take care of it. I might like sitting on a beach, and there has to be a place for that, and that's why God in his his plans for us includes Sabbath time, time when we rest from work. But actually, I've been put on the earth to work the garden and to take care of it. And it's not because I messed up that I have to work. Before the fall... Before i would ever sinned, before man had ever sinned, he still had to plant trees, he had to prune trees, he had to, he had to harvest, if you like, he had to be a farmer. That's what the picture is from this bit of Genesis. So it's not all got messed up. Actually, when we become a Christian, we've got that opportunity to work the garden from the perspective that God gives us. God made us in his image. many of you agree that God works? You know? So if we're made to be like him, he expects us to work. So again, just just recap, just want to just highlight to you again, I'm not talking about necessarily salaried work. If you don't have a job, nine to five, Monday to Friday or whatever, it still applies to you. Because actually God's put things in your heart to do. And that's what working the garden is about. It may be that for a time you're Raising children, it may be for a time you're caring for an elderly relative. It may be for a time you're volunteering in different sectors. All of these things are working the garden. So we'd like it, in many ways, if we could just sit there and wait for God to do stuff around us. But actually, he's put us in the garden to work it and to take care of it. The other perspective... That I think that uh, God spoke to us about is um, something about gates now, Jesus said, "I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it and I, I, you know i 'm just wanting to remind us of this stuff um, when I first read about that scripture, it feels like hell will be the offender, the one chasing me down the road, but actually, the gates of hell not prevailing means actually the church is to be an invading force. We're not a place, we're not a people that are supposed to gather in one place where it's all holy and lovely and uh, leave the world to get on with being what it's doing. Actually, we're supposed to be, and under God's anointing can be, those that burst through barriers, burst through into places where the enemy doesn't want us to get. And you know what? The gates of hell can't prevail against this force. And it's about our perspective, whether our perspective is a perspective of the kingdom or of the church. Um, I'm just going to quote this, uh, just because I think it expresses it really well. Um, You know, when we're church people, when we've got a church mindset, we worry about how to get people into the church. Whereas kingdom people think about how to get the church into the world. Church people might worry about how the world might change the church. How much of the news is about that? Whereas kingdom people work to see the church change the world. The church is an invading force, not an end in itself. We're not left out of what God intends when we have secular jobs, but rather we can be on the cutting edge of what he has for us, pressing out into the, the, the world around us, establishing his kingdom wherever we place our feet. So, I'm just going to look at a few uh, scriptures about um, work, and, and then I'm going to ask some people, get them up a couple of a time, to just sort of share a little bit. See, what is work for me? Well, I, I came across this image, and I thought, it's like we've got to the end of our jetty, and there's this beautiful place ahead of us. Now, it may not be attractive to you, but I'm thinking, I quite like to swim. And what God is calling us to is to take the plunge, to swim in him, to rely on him, to carry us in our places of work, and to to bring his kingdom. So here's scripture from Thessalonians. Paul writes to the Thessalonians, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business. That's a good one to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands, just as we told you, so in your daily life you may win the respect of outsiders, and so you'll not be dependent on anybody. Work empowers you. Working releases you. Working enables you to fulfill that destiny that God has for you. But hold on a minute, is that all he said? Colossians. Um, now, this is talking about slaves. Now, some of us may sometimes feel like slaves to our job. That's not actually what this scripture is about. Let's just read what, who, who slave are we in this verse. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work, it, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It's the Lord Christ you're serving. Who is it we serve? When we go to work, when we serve in the community, who is it we serve? Now we know this to be true. We know it's the Lord Christ we're serving. but what about when the stuff flies at work? What about when your manager doesn't treat you the way they should? What about when you're surrounded by people that sometimes aren't entirely encouraging? There's a, there's a reverse to this, which I think we often live in. See, so, so say, not only to win their favor... When their eye is on you. And I felt God speaking to me as I was looking at at this, that the reverse of this would be to be living in the fear of man. To be knowing how important it is I appear good to the people I work with. To know to live in that place of I've got something to prove. And the Bible says in Proverbs that the fear of man is a snare. The fear of man is a snare. What's a snare? Well, it's like a a trap that you can't get out of. You know, when a rabbit is caught in a snare, no matter how much it struggles, it can't break free. But that proverb doesn't stop there. The second part says, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. So it struck me that there was something that God was stirring up in me about this, about perspective. Who am I serving? Lord, what are you you causing to be stirred up in me at this time? So I'm going to ask Vic and Anna to come and share now. Now remember to smile. So I've, I don't really know what people are going to say. <laughs> I don't. They don't really know what questions are going to ask. No, I've only got very very simple questions. So for a start, I know that many of you will know Vic and Anna. So, but just to start off with, I'm just going to ask you what you do. So. Stop with Emma. Uh,
1: I'm a senior sister in intensive care at St Bartholomew's it's
0: Hospital. Right, senior sister at St Bartholomew's Hospital.
2: I'm a manager that helps to improve quality for, in North East London.
0: Um, which industry?
2: In the NHS. In the NHS. Sorry.
0: Yeah, that's all right. That's fine. That's fine. So, um, okay, well, that's just give so, there's a bit of flavour here. Okay, very different jobs. Let's just hear what God's been doing with these in their places of work. So how do you find God using you in your place of work?
1: I find that on a day-to-day basis, I have the strength to do my job. I wouldn't say it's all like every second I'm going, please God help me, please God help me, but I'd say that he's given me the tools and the knowledge and the skills to go out there and run an ITU. Um, I was saying to you that uh, four years ago, I wouldn't have thought that I'd be a senior sister, and the youngest one in the intensive care, and I'm the most senior in charge on my shifts.
0: You're the youngest senior sister, if that makes yeah. sense. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So there's been a real sense of God, of you being shown favor, really, in your place of work, because actually, it's really unusual to have your kind of position.
1: Yeah, especially in intensive care. It's where the sickest people are in the hospital, so... I definitely have found favor of um,
0: where I am. I mean, I'm thinking about teaching physics. This is my day job. I teach physics. And you run a place where people live and die, like, constantly. And I'm thinking about the stress levels. And you're just saying, well, I just do it. God gives me the strength.
3: Yeah.
0: Excellent. Okay. (laughs) But you were... Actually, one one of the things was that um, there have been days when... Things have got a bit much. But actually, the thing, the thing is, you're living it so much all the time. You know, God's just with you. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to say, oh, well, on this day, the Lord told me to do this. Okay, so the, you're getting in, into it, but there's a real gifting that you have there. How about Vic? Tell us about what you do.
2: Um, similar reflection to Anna, really, about um, God giving me strategies and um, wisdom at work. Shall I give that particular example? Yeah. Um, so about three years ago I um, got responsibility for a particular area which was looking at where things go wrong. We had lots of data coming through about where things weren't going right in the NHS. And um, I was looking at this, didn't really, couldn't really see the wood from the trees. And then um, so I asked a few people and committees and that sort of thing and they couldn't really, um, they didn't really have anything to say. And somebody said to me, oh, well, this just happens. And in my spirit, I could not accept that. So I just sat at my desk, looked at my screen, and just prayed that God would give me wisdom. And like a flash, it just came to me what it was. And I checked it out with my boss, and he said, go for it. And that started me on the journey that I'm being more involved now in improving maternity services in the area. And that really came out a lot as well from what Alan Wright, those of you who know Alan and Jenny Wright, was talking at the church over a number of years about the importance of families and children. And I saw it very much as part of what had come out of church.
0: So there was a real kind of breakthrough because God answered your prayer. Mm. And this seems to me to be in keeping with this thing of knowing that it's Christ that we're serving. You know, this is... Mm. The obvious thought when you're at work and things are getting too much is to reach out to him. Yeah? Sometimes. 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 All right. Uh, it's much easier if I just say it, because then, the, then you get the right answer. But that, that's the point, right? That's the point. We want it to be real, which is why I'm asking, I'm asking for you guys to share. So um, tell me about this other thing, because what I was thinking about was how you might have encouraged one another to think bigger. And um, I know that you, you belong to the NHS prayer group, which we kind of did a little highlight of this uh, prayer meeting just gone. So, tell us about what that means, what that's done for you. Because how many of you are in the NHS group prayer group? About ten, 10, yeah, 10. About 10 of you. Yeah. Right, excellent. Okay, tell us about the prayer group for you.
1: Uh, I just felt it's a great way of all of us from different areas to get together. We've found it quite strategic, not just looking at our own areas, but also the outside areas that are going on, and the, actually what's going on in the NHS to actually really pray to make a difference so the maternity services mental health we were praying for as well at the same time and a bill has just been passed that's changed the way that mental health is run it's just exciting to know that we're part of a bigger picture rather than just our job that we do day to day
2: yeah again i'll just really echo what Anna was saying and also because it's different people from different parts of the health service some People are clinical. Some people are administrative. Some people are managerial. It's very helpful just from a just to see other people's perspectives, but also really to see what God's saying, and just gives that sharpness. I
0: think. Mm. Excellent. Okay. Thank you. It seems to me that in their story, you've got quite a lot about. Um, well, really, the church fulfilling its function of being a body that we gather together in, that actually, when we gather, we can, we're actually equipped to, to go out and, and make a difference. And uh, we're beginning to see some fruits of that. You know, details I don't want to go into here, but you know, real, just quite fundamental things make a real difference to people's pressure in the workplace and to the effectiveness of, uh, of working together. So, um, right, okay, let's have another look at scripture. I can't remember which one's coming up, what's next? Oh, it's still that picture, I do like that picture. So I commend the enjoyment of life. Should we just stop there? I'm back to the beach. Because there's nothing better for a man under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. Then joy will accompany accompany him in his work. All the days of his life God has given him under the sun. How many of you know the joy of God when you're at work? How many of you think you might need a bit more joy at work? <laughs> See, actually, it's, it's the work of the enemy. It's the work of the enemy to try and disarm us, to try and draw us aside. Because whilst we're enjoying it, you know what? We're actually, in, we're actually reaching out to him and, and looking to him as our source and, uh, and, and so on, and then... And then the enemy will come along and just kind of, oh, you can't do that. What right have you got to speak into that situation? Oh, you Who are you? I'm a child of the king. You're a child of the king. And he's equipped you to make a difference. And so that sense of enjoying our place of work, I think that's very uh, profound and, and significant. Let me... Um, let me get Steve. Steve, can you come and talk to us about HSBC? I might have just given the game away. So, Steve, what do you do?
4: <laughs> I you. you can hold it, yeah. I don't uh, need it. I've got uh, my own. I am a, what's called a product manager for a little company called HSBC.
0: Right, good. Okay, so what do you see as being uh, the purpose of your role? So what, what, what sorts of things do you get involved in? Um,
4: product managers are the people that kind of own and are responsible for a product that you buy. So in a bank, it's the services that we offer. Uh, someone beavers away behind the scenes to make sure that products are the right price and the right features and look nice and they're easy to buy and things.
0: Right. So how does God use you there, for goodness sake? It's a bank.
4: Banks are lovely. <laughs> I mean, Come the world then. go round.
0: Go on, then, tell us. Tell us about this, um, this testimony that you've had.
4: Yeah. I've been doing my current role for about five or so years. Changing products, but five or so years. But there was a time before when I was quite enjoying my my role and my status, and as a good little Christian, I was sure God was really involved in what I was doing, and, I real, and, I, and had you asked me at the time, I would have said, yeah, my, my security, it's in God, and then, then things didn't go quite so well in a, in a previous role, and, and uh, my job security was at risk, and I realized that actually my security was in my job. And when that was at risk, then my security about lots of things began uh, to waver. And one of my concerns uh, about uh, about my job was well, whether I would keep it. And then that got me thinking about what benefits does my job give me? And it was position, it was status, it was uh, managerial, it was pension, it was all manner of, of, of things. But as that was gradually kind of eroding, as things weren't going quite so well, I had to basically get to a situation whereby I, had to, I realized I needed to rely on God and not on me to do my job. The problem with that was, I thought, if I give my job to God, supposedly He tells me to get a different job. And then all that security that my current position and status and pension got me was taken away from me. Uh, And it was a real hard thing to do. It's like I struggled to actually become a Christian just in case God said, become a missionary in China. I knew I'd have to go, but if I didn't ask God, I wouldn't ever be told to go. But I do remember quite clearly being on my knees uh, to God to say, God, I need to give you my job. I need to give it all to you and you be my security. And it's kind of, I wasn't quite doing this, but it it was a big prayer because I knew the consequences were going to be big and could, going to be eternal. Uh, and I'd been working uh, in, in the bank for something like 15, 16 years at the time, so I was kind of entrenched in, in the way that it worked there. <clears throat> but when I prayed it and said, God, I'll give you my job, even if I have to lose it, I'm giving it to you. And almost quick as a flash, God said to me, now, you're working, in the right, you're, you're working in the right place, but now you're working for me. Mm. And that was such a release. And then when I started shifting, actually, well, God, now you're my, my security. What do you want me to do? What path do you want me to go? How do you want me to steer? What goes on? And I, and I just had such a different outlook in how I saw my job which meant that when I was looking, it, it was almost like blinkers fell off. I would look just at this, just at this. <laughs> <laughs> this is all I would see, just what was right in front of me or right on my desk. And it's like the blinkers came off and I could see what was going on over there and over there. And you know what? What was over there was still within the company, but that's actually where I should be going. And that's where I went. And then God just opened up people and connections and just a completely changed attitude and outlook where I began to see... Well, if I'm working for God in my company, maybe God's got a plan for my company. Maybe it is more like me, who God is dropping ideas as about ways to be at work and ways to see your work and ways to see your colleagues at work. And it kind of started a, a, a chain of events uh, that led to me being involved in the, the Christian fellowship and using a lot of this, well, God at Work 2000, I suppose we have to call the old one now. Uh, it's quite similar, uh, really. And uh, and that just unlocks a lot of stuff for a lot of people, and again, I guess perhaps Neil will, will summarise this. It's it's where the church goes into the community, even quite large companies can be impacted by God's kingdom.
0: I mean, the, the, just um, just uh, when the, Steve talks about the Christian fellowship, how many people are in it in HSBC?
4: Uh, not many. Uh, it's probably three hundred.
0: Uh, not many. How many people are here today? Does so it look like quite a, about 300, you know? Uh, it's, a, it's a big responsibility, and yet the... I mean, interesting, the strap line at the moment for HSBC is courageous... Well, it's not their no. strap line. It's the manager... What's his name? The, Come on. Tell me the, about the, courageous the, integrity. The,
4: the, the internal strap line that fits above all strategy and activity... Is we must at all times act with courageous integrity. That's the watchword for the company. Everything is benchmarked against whether it's improving or not courageous integrity. Yeah, brilliant. So clearly, the God at Work 2000 has permeated right up to the top of the company, and now they're getting in line with us.
0: Excellent, excellent. I think God may have had a hand in that. I mean, isn't that, isn't that interesting that a whole company, it's not an advert for HSBC, uh, but isn't that interesting? But, but if you want an account, speak to Steve after. No, no. no, it's not about that, but it's about, isn't that interesting that you should end up with uh, a company believing, at least stating they believe in this integrity thing? And, and actually, uh, there are a number of folk that really do take that quite seriously, very seriously in HSBC. And it's interesting that, that God's positioned Steve over the years from a position of really quite getting quite over your wellies in some ways in, in the job that you were doing, feeling like, oh, I can't do this. And actually, God met with you and it's completely been a complete change around. So that's really exciting. Okay, um, Mark. Tell us about what you do. It's something to do with these things, isn't it?
5: Yeah. I work with computers. Um, I run a, a company called One Stop Support. It's been going for about nine or ten years now. And, uh, we've had some interesting times um, in running that. Um, it was okay when it was just me at the beginning, because I was in control of myself, and I could work out what was going on most of the time. And, uh, I said, oh, this is going to be a kingdom business because I'm a Christian and I know what that looks like. And I know what a kingdom business is. But I don't think I really fully took it on board. And I have to keep reminding myself from time to time of, is Jesus Lord of my business, of my company? And I can tell you, I've had my fingers burnt a fair few times when I take my eye off that and try and run it my way Um, so much so we've almost lost our house Um, it came very close Um, and that stays and worries you somewhat you lie in bed at night and you think how am I going to pay the bills tomorrow and uh, so there's good times and there's bad times and when it's good it's it's great but the problem with that usually for me is that I forget that Jesus is lord of my business so what does he do? (coughs) He knocks me right off my perch. He's very, very faithful in that. (laughs) So when things are going great, I forget. I simply, simply forget. I forget to be thankful. That's a key thing, thankfulness. I employ five other people as well, so it's not just me anymore. They've got mortgages to pay. Mm -hmm. They've got families. They look to me to make sure that the pay is going to happen at the end of each month. And it's tough, and it's not easy, but I do it because I believe God's asked me to do it. And we've had various different people come and various different people go. But I'm recognizing the fact that, as Steve just said there, I need to make him Lord of my business. I need to recognize it's him and not me. I'm not one that sort of shies away from being at the front or opening my mouth or being opinionated. All that stuff is great. But he's interested in what I'm like underneath all of that. He's interested in my heart. He's interested in Mark, not the Wheeler Dealer, but Mark just being right and being open and being transparent and being honest. And even in recent weeks, and I mean very recent weeks, um, my faithful father John Tingleton came around and uh, helped me remember who is Lord of my business again. And I find myself going round in big circles some of the times. But it's so easy to forget. So genuinely, whatever you're doing, whatever you're involved in, be it in a workplace, be it looking after your kids, be it whatever, is Jesus Lord of that part of your life? Because we've given ourselves to him. We so have given ourselves to him, but is he Lord in that?
0: So I mean, I think uh, what, what pick up from Mark is it's this whole wrap around thing. I mean, uh, if of, of his business, it's like impacting every part of your life. Um, and I think that that's something that's really profound and something which we need to to just think about. I just want to think about that for a minute. Um, God's calling us to take on uh, this task of serving Him. And uh, he wants us to be serving him wherever he's put us, whatever our hand finds to do, to do it with all our might. And um, I think that sometimes, you know, quite quite reasonably, you know, you're you're wanting, oh, Lord, what's the right job for me? But you know, what's what's so important is is how we are in those roles more than what we're actually what we're actually doing. Because often God can do what he needs to through whatever we do. Okay. Well, um, one more scripture. and then uh, So uh, it's very similar to the last one from Ecclesiastes. But um, a man can do nothing better than to eat and drink from there and find satisfaction in his work. This too I see is from the hand of God. For without him who can eat or find enjoyment? Just want, just think about that. So, you know, we were talking about wanting more joy in our places of work. Well, some of us were. I know not everyone was. Some people were talking about wanting more joy in their places of work, I heard. So, where does that come from? It comes from the hand of God. So, one of the things I want us to do today is to, get, to give space for us to reach out to him, to receive that joy, to receive that joy. To the man who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives up the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Ecclesiastes doesn't always end on a positive. But actually, if you look at that, some people are going to be gathering stuff that wasn't even theirs. Hmm there's no connection between me saying that and me asking Richard to come and share, just something about your job. So, Richard, what do you do?
3: Um, Since November 2008, I've been uh, the head teacher of a large junior school in Barking. And uh, we've got 480 pupils. It's a very uh, multicultural school down on the estate uh, by the railway there um, in Barking. Um, and I guess as, yeah, as head teacher, you, you have to be a jack of all trades. Um, and so I've, I manage a, a team of about 60 staff um, um, and obviously have a lot to do with pupils, parents uh, and the local community.
0: So give us an idea about how God's helped you to see that that role could be for you. Uh, and um, And how he 's using you
3: well it 's interesting. when I first went into teaching i didn 't really have ambitions of uh, becoming a head teacher that wasn 't something at the forefront. but um, many of you know that we spent some time in Sierra Leone working with the, the project there, and I think during that time there, I really began to enjoy um, having the opportunity to direct things and, and, and uh, help govern things and push things in, in directions. Uh, rather than being perhaps just a follower. So uh, I started to enjoy that. And when, we, when I came back, God, God seemed to open up the way uh, for me to move quite quickly uh, into running school and managing a school. And I found myself in in this school and was quite quickly promoted. Um, I think uh, when Neil asked me to, to think about how God works with me, one of the things that, that I feel uh, strongly about Is I think that scripture, I think it's in Micah, Micah 6, which is about acting justly, uh, loving mercy, and walking humbly with your God. You know, because I think the question before that is, what, oh man, what does God require of you? Mm. It's quite simple, isn't it? I love that scripture, because it's quite a simple answer. Right, well, what does God want me to do, uh, generally in life, but also in my workplace, is to act justly, love mercy, and, and those are some of the principles that I do try uh, and live out on a daily basis. Um, the 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 acting justly uh, and those things very much in my interaction, my dealings, certainly with my team um, I, um, where i'm working it, it's a great place. Um, the team of teachers. Sometimes, you know, we we don't always agree with each other. Uh, the issues may come up that I have to that I have to deal with. Um, but some of the overriding principles uh, that I try and work on are, are to do with justice uh, and to do with mercy. And there are times when I, I do really feel out of my depth in dealing with dealing with people, dealing with children dealing with parents and what I some part of my brain is 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 always not always but it's saying to God God what's what's behind this person who's shouting at me or what's behind uh how do you want me to act and respond in this situation and often it's it's mercy that comes through um because I know what God has done for me Mm -hmm. I know that I'm loved uh I'm cared for by God my God my father in heaven and, you know, having that sort of security does impact the way that I want to treat other people. I want to treat my staff. I want to treat the, treat the children who I do see as under my care. So those those overriding principles of, of, of justice and mercy. And I often find myself having to cry out to God and say, God, what do I do in this situation? And sometimes if I know I'm going to have quite a difficult conversation with a member of staff, I don't find that naturally uh, easy, some of you may like to confront people to challenge them. I don't particularly like that part of the job, but I do. I do have to do that because at the end of the day, I'm brought back to why am I there? It's really it's for the children, isn't it? And so sometimes uh, I have to be quite confrontational uh, with people. I don't enjoy that. Uh, Lucy knows that I come home sometimes quite, you know, upset that I've had to talk to someone in that in that way. But. But it's worth it, isn't it? Because it's about the children, and schools are for children. Um, So that's something I have to keep coming back to.
0: That's right. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. So um, I'm just going to. Time is gone actually, and I need to be finishing. So um, I'm just going to skip a couple of slides. Do 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 do. Um. Firstly, I just want just just as I go past this point. Sometimes we can think of very good reasons for work. Okay, um, you know, putting food on the table. Maybe it equips others, it releases others to do other more important stuff. But if that's really what we think our business of working is about, then we miss out on the heart of it for us. The right foundations for working. You know, God's made me to work the garden. So that, that, that means that when I'm working, there is something very deep that God is doing in me about my purpose in the world. When I'm working, I can seek the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not sought in a closed room with no one else. The kingdom of God is, is sought when I'm having to deal with that difficult colleague or, or handle that family, that that really need to learn to care for their child more effectively. Or whatever the the difficulties Richard was sort of alluding to there, you know, there are things sometimes which, you know, which require rule to be brought. But God says to us, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be given to you as well. There's something that's given when we seek his kingdom. We don't take prosperity... Prosperity is something that can come as God leads us, and may come, and it's much more than our bank balance, it's about a whole happiness and contentment in our role in life. A work, work releases me to rejoice, and work is something that I do for him. So that's just a, a sort of starter, really, um, a couple, couple of last thoughts. You know, um, it's not, God's it's much more important in how we serve than what we do. There's freedom for us to serve wherever he's put you. No one needs to be excluded from this. It's not what we do that determines value, but whom we serve. And it's not how well we do it, but in whose strength.